Welcome to Middle-Aged Wisdom. I'm Nancy, and I'm a dentist. I'm Dave, and I'm an engineer. We're here to share what we've learned about life, business, and leadership. Join us as we try to figure it all out. What it takes to live our best lives. Welcome to episode 24 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. Hey, everybody, and happy holidays. We are back with another episode to talk about 2020, kind of the lessons we've learned and possibly how to apply them and use them in the new year. There was a lot to be learned from this year. A lot to be learned. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Things that I didn't know I needed to learn, apparently. Right. As you think about these questions, just think of how they apply to you. We don't really like the word resolution because they often say resolutions fail. Although failure is good, <laughs> we don't want to do it all the time. And so with resolutions, we feel like it's more of changes. What changes do we want to make? What things do we want to do to add to our personal growth? As we get into this episode, we are going to pretty intentionally try not to focus specifically on COVID and things specifically related to that, because we think we've all heard so much about that. But it, of course, nothing from 2020 is totally separate or distinguishable from, from the pandemic, but we're going to try not to focus specifically on that. Right. Just because we want to separate it. Yeah. And I do want to credit the Colorado Dental Association for some of these questions. We, ha we took a lot of what they put out there. They did this awesome. They've been really good during the pandemic. They put out a flyer, an email blurb about some things to ponder for the new year. Not dental related. They can focus on anyone. I saw them and I was like, way to go CDA. We took them to our family and that evening that I saw them, I wrote them on pieces of paper and we rolled them up and each of us chose one and we talked about them at the dinner table. We'll let you know what our daughter said about one of them, which I was so proud. Yeah, and these, these questions were thought provoking enough and, and made us really think, stop and think about 2020 and going into the next year that we thought it would make a podcast, a great podcast. So here we are. Here we are. Let's start with the question number one. What is the one area where you really struggled, felt burnt out, or failed? Dave, mm. I'm throwing this at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, with 2020 being as tough as it was, there's all sorts of things we could, we could point to. And for me, the struggle I had this year was dealing with disappointment related to work. I went for a promotion, and I didn't get it. That is kind of the short version of the story. Right. And it was one of those things where I work at a place where there's lots of really, really capable, awesome people. So it was a very competitive environment trying to get this job. Okay. Right. And it was very difficult for me to sort of deal with the aftermath. And I went through kind of a grieving process from having not gotten the job. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't go into it thinking like, oh, I am for sure. There's no way they wouldn't pick me. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. But I worked really hard on the interview and on the the cover letter and resume and everything about it i just i went all in it's kind of like i was so much so that i made myself vulnerable to the outcome right i learned a really hard lesson i i can't say i have any grievances with with anybody at work about how it played out i can say i did want the job and i you know felt like i was the right person for it you know and i don't feel bad about saying that in case any of my coworkers are listening to this but 
one one thing I learned the hard way is that you can think all you want about who you think should get the job, and if it's you, great. But the only person who matters, whose whose opinion is going to decide the outcome, is the person picking the the job, right? They're making the hiring decision, and then you have to decide from there what you find valuable and important. Like, are you going to stick with it? Is this going? Is this a severing your relationship with the company? Or do you kind of go back and move on? Or do you go in a different direction? And Dave had to decide that. Yeah, I really had to rethink what was important to me because I'm, I'm a middle-aged of life. I'm 20 years into my career. And how important was promotion in and of itself to me? How big of a deal was that? And I guess, you know, in the end, I decided that the work where I work and the work that I get to do is so meaningful that I just had to kind of struggle through it and get over it. And the other thing that I really learned through that in talking through other friends and family is feeling a sense of injustice or like missing out on a promotion and, and feeling maybe a little bit of injustice about it. That is not a unique experience at all that just about anybody in particular that works in an office setting. It was, it was so common for so many people, you know, Nancy, you don't really, you know, you're a dentist and you own your business. So you're at the top, right? I don't know if I'll ever be at the top. I don't know. It depends how you look at it, right? Well, you don't have, there's no, you don't, there's no promotion for you at your job. You right. are the owner. Right? I am it. So it's kind of a different, different kind of job. But there's still failures involved with us as well. You know, for the, during the pandemic, we had to get the schedule and we had to change it. And I had to, along with my partner, lay off basically all of our staff, except for a couple of people. We had to make some really, really hard decisions and it never, ever feels good. It feels awful. It's a crummy feeling to know that you're messing with someone's livelihood. And then to come back from it, the only thing that we have in our hands now is how are we going to turn it around for next year, right? We have this open canvas. We can change the schedule around. Um, one thing that I'm trying to work really hard on for next year is giving people balance and giving the employees breaks when they want them. So I have planned that into the schedule. Also looking at the employees and trying to get them longer weekends. So is there a way for you to work four days this day, this week, and maybe have only a two-day weekend, but maybe the following weekend have a four-day weekend? And how valuable is that to look out for your employees in that way to say, I care about you enough that I want you to have a balance of life, but also love coming to work. And I think that as a leader and as a business owner, I think having your employees look at you like, wow, you respect me and you respect my life. And because of that, I'm going to be loyal to you. And I think that's why we have such great staff. Um, anyways, we're trying to turn it around for the next year to make up for that. So what started out as a struggle, because I mean, having to lay off your entire staff, that's that yeah, stinks. stinks. Right. I mean, from an opportunistic point of view, it was like, well, hey, we get to start from scratch. Because when you guys build out your schedule right. at a dental office, it's like six months out. Right. It's a hard ship to turn. It is. Right. And, and so, when you're looking at the schedule from March, so six months out from March, every dental office knew that in October, you weren't going to have a single person scheduled, which is very, very rare in the dental world. I mean, you're scheduling six months in advance. Because March and April, you guys were completely closed and yes. people you were going to be scheduling, right. those those appointments weren't happening. Right. Okay, but so then now you get to recreate the whole thing. So that's been right. kind of making lemonade out of lemons. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right? And so everybody has that option. What are you going to do about changing, turning the ship, like you said, from last year into next year? What are you going to do different? So I think in summary, that first question is, 
everybody's going to have struggles. You're going to have burnout. You're going to have failure. But what are you going to do about it? And right. I think for both of us, we tried to figure out a way to make the best of it. Right. Yeah. So question number two. Question number two. What was the biggest lesson this year taught me? Nance. This was the one that our daughter, I was so proud of our daughter when we did this one at dinner time. And she did not want to be on the podcast, which we respect. <laughs> we tried to get her to say this on the podcast. Yeah. And she said, no, which is fine. She said, maybe another day. But I mean, it is what it is. It's right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she said this very smart thing. And she said, there are going to be bad times in your life, but it won't last forever. And I thought that was so profound from a seven-year-old. And I like it. Yeah. I mean, her sense of time is measured in like milliseconds. So for her to sort of have that observation, that little moment of clarity and wisdom was right. like, right on girl, that's I right. <laughs> I loved that. But the biggest lesson for me was definitely, you kind of learn to focus on the things that really, really matter. Um, because you have a lot of time, you know, there in the past in 2019, we were talking about the rat race of life and how things were sped up and we had no time for anything. And now all of a sudden we have time on our side, um, in 2020. And that taught me very much so that the people that I was and I don't want to say most concerned about because I have a love for a lot of people, but the people that were really added value to my life. I had a much stronger relationship with, and I kind of reconnected with them on a way different level than I ever have before, because we didn't get to have that vacation together and we didn't get to have normal phone calls. There was lots of panic. And so we had really meaningful conversations. Um, we talked about how it was affecting us mentally and physically and all these things. Um, I think I took a lot of my friendships to a different level. So it taught me how much more those people meant to me than ever before. Yeah, I would say this year, you, you've definitely been on more virtual calls, video calls with your college friends and dental school friends more frequently than you right. have in the past. Because typically ever with before, those, yeah. yeah, typically with those groups of friends, we get together with each of them once a year. Right. And that is pretty much most of your communication for the whole year happens in that one sort of weekend, long right. weekend. But we are all forced to kind of lean on each other. Mm -hmm. And it, we are all going through the same thing. You know, at any point in your life, you'll lean on someone a certain amount because you're going through something or they're going through something. But never are you going through the same thing at one time. That's never probably going to happen ever again. And it's hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> and it's during those moments, you know, that you really find out who means the most to you because those are the people that you're going to trust to dive in and to give your heart to because you're in a bad place. Um, and so I find that very meaningful and that meant a lot to me this year. Okay, Dave, what was the your biggest lesson that was taught to you this year? Well, I would say one of them that really sticks out for me was and I think everybody's think, thinking about this in a different way, but what is it that I'm willing to and really need to get in a car for? Mm -hmm. And what do I not need to get into a car for? Right. So the line of work I'm in is with design and construction. So we actually go and build public works projects on waterways and on, on floodplains. Okay. And sometimes that means I need to go out to physical construction sites. But Aside from construction site visits, most of the other meetings I have can be conducted virtually. And so it's been really interesting to sort of rethink even post-pandemic, 
let's get, you know, COVID aside, what do I need to get in a car for and what do I not need to get into a car for? And that's been really kind of great. And like, as an example, I have a contractor uh, getting ready to build one of my projects up here in the Denver metro area. His outfit is based out of a place called Canyon City, which is two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And so for him, if he just wants to come to a one hour meeting in person, that's five hours round trip of driving. And it's like, hey, dude, it's okay. You can call into this meeting. You don't need to drive. Did he always used to drive before though? Oh, contractors that I work with will will often put over 100,000 miles on a vehicle in a year. That's insane. That's very common. They have to drive all over the place because all their projects are all in places, geographic places that could be you know, 100 miles away. Right. And you might have so, four or five of them. So this year taught us efficiency. Definitely taught, it definitely taught me efficiency and, and what am I willing to get in a car for and not and how much time you can save and even money and gas and everything else. Oh, my goodness. Right. So as you're pondering that question, think about the lesson that you may have learned. And um, maybe it's something you want to carry over into the new year. I know mine, I definitely do. And I think Dave does as well. I think both of ours, we want to something that maybe we don't want to end just because the year ends. On to question number three. When was the last time that you truly felt invigorated and vibrant? I know, I know mine, but you say yours first. When, when we were asked this question at the dinner table, you know, we were, we were thinking even past back further than the beginning of 2020. And as I started pondering the question, the thing that popped in my mind, interestingly enough, was an opportunity I got to MC an award ceremony. Dave is an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. You want me to talk in front of 500 people? Yay. Sweet. Where, where do I stand? Where's the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was that. Okay, sorry, continue. I got to help plan the event, and, it, and it's an awards ceremony. There's like four or 500 people. It's for the American Public Works Association. So a lot of design, construction, operations, maintenance, and all that. And it's there's like 40 awards that get handed out at this thing. So if you imagine sitting in the audience for an awards ceremony, and you're going to have 40 different people get announced, and they're all going to walk across the stage and have their moment, that that could get really redundant after a while. Like, that's when I go to the bathroom and (laughs) hope that there's a glass of wine waiting for me outside. (laughs) Yeah, it's a few hours long. And and so anyway, me and myself and a friend of mine, we got to co-emcee it and we got to plan it out and we got to have a little fun with it. And so what made it so vibrant and lively for me was I injected an element of comedy into it. Uh, I had a little fun recording my voice to announce the different awards, but then I modified my voice to make it sound like the guy who narrates movie trailers really, really deep. And and then I kind of did these little mini roasts of, of some of the award winners, mm-hmm. which was a little bit of a comedic risk. So I kind of took a risk, got to be in front of a crowd, got to have a little fun and got to hear them all laugh. And I do a lot of public speaking and I'm missing out on that this year where you miss out on when you tell a great joke Hearing, or so you think. He, yeah, right. <laughs> hearing the audience feedback of the laughing response, and yeah. really getting into it. And and that uh so that was mine. That was that was a lot of fun. That was good. That's good. Well, mine's similar, different but similar, in that I love mentoring. So I love this podcast. I love sharing information. I love people asking questions. And I don't know if it's because I actually know the answer. I don't know. I get pretty excited. 
And so when someone asks me something, I get pretty pumped up about answering a question. A lot of that came about during the pandemic, I know, because people, I, I'm a researcher, I'm a very C personality, I like lots of detail. And when there's a question, I have to find out the answer and I'll look at a gazillion resources in order to figure out the right answer. And so when someone asks me the question, I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> she likes having the answers. I really like that. And it's one of those things that it gives me energy and it gives me, I don't know, it just kind of invigorates me, I guess. Um, and I like the mentorship of it all. And so what I was going to say about this question for the people in the listening audience is this is something that I see as almost like a side gig, right? when you're thinking about something that truly gives you life and it may be what your current career is and for dentistry um, i love the patient um, interaction i love working with my hands and basically being an artist of the mouth i love that part of it an artist of the mouth right it sounds so profound yeah but uh, there's also other things that really light me up. And that's one of those things. We were talking to a friend recently and um, she loves her career, but she was saying that she also feels a lot of passion for something else, including it was something with exercise. And she was mentioning how that particular thing may be something that she sees as a side gig. And we we're just saying like, why not do that? Right? Like if that is something, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from your career. It just gives you maybe a little bit more meaning or maybe a little bit more life. And if that's what feels right at that moment, maybe that's something you should do, whether it's for monetary value or not. You know, it could be, it could be that you do it for free. It could be that something that you do for money, whatever it is. But for all the people out there, whatever your answer is to this question, ponder doing more of it in 2021 because that might be something that gives you energy and gives you more life. So you're saying I should MC more events? I think that would be great. <laughs> I know how excited you get about it. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, it's also daunting because I, I want to do a good job and yeah. Yeah. He did, for even for his job, his promotion he was talking about, he did stay up. I mean, he got very little sleep. He stayed up so late and got up so early and he really puts his all into all of that stuff. So I think you should. Can I ask, was there a specific mentoring situation that came to mind where you felt really vibrant and lit up? I think it's any anytime somebody asks me about something business related or something dental related, mm -hmm. I had I had one of one of our coworkers ask me about in an, an injection and she just said, can you just show me how you do that? Because I feel like I'm missing this every single time I do it. And I was like, yes, I thought, you <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Of course I can. Let's go get this and that and you're going to need this. And, um, and then you feel like this sense of accomplishment that, you know, she nails it. And I love that. I think that's a cool feeling. That is the joy of being a teacher, seeing that light bulb go right. off in somebody right. else's brain. You're like, I put that there. I right. put that there. Boom. That's. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Question number four. What is the one word I want to focus on in the new year? This one I feel has a lot of... Um, I see this on a lot of posts. I see this on a lot of things coming up for 2021 with on my feed. And I think that... Um, a lot of people contemplate this and a lot of people have a word. I've never had a word before, but I think it's a great idea and I'm going to make one up right now. And what is it? I I'm going to have a synonym. I'm going to have one. I'm going to have two, but wait, it's a synonym. Wait, you're going to make up a new word. 
No. Okay. I thought you were saying you were going to make up like a new slang word for English language. Ooh, that would be awesome. That would be way cooler. I was, Give me a moment so I can do that. Yeah. No, I'm just sorry, kidding. Sorry to build it up and then have it not be that. But yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ulevate. No, that's my made-up word. Um, <laughs> it was a combination of up and elevate. I want my word to be up, but then the more I started thinking about scenarios where I would actually use the word or think about the word, I like the word elevate. Mm-hmm. What would your word be? I think my word for this year, I, I'm i going to say courage. Mm, I like it. Yeah, because there is like another level that Nance and I together can get to whether it's through this podcast or whatever it might be, or even for myself, uh, whether it's public speaking, whatever that might be, but having the courage to try, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be the word for me is having the guts to try, to try. because kind of like what I was saying earlier about going for that promotion and really going all in for it is when you try, there's a sense of vulnerability that comes with it and you you have to open yourself up to that and be willing to sort of weather the ups and downs that might go with it and mm-hmm. temporary dis- disappointment, whatever it might be. So I want to have courage in 2021 to have the guts to try some of these things. I like it. There's a lot of quotes about that particular thought, how if you don't have any kind of failure, you haven't really tried anything new. Mm. And I think about that as well, because I, I said in the beginning of this podcast, no one likes to fail. It, it's a it's a crazy feeling. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make you feel confident. But the thing is, is I've gotten more comfortable in the failure part of it because I do try so many things. (laughs) Like I feel like at least I got out there, you know, we did the dental podcast and we didn't follow through on it. We did it a few episodes and then it's so funny. We put it to bed and all of a sudden it goes into the thousands of listens and we're like, what? I didn't even do anything to you in the last two years. You know, like weird things happen like that. But you kind of in the moment, though, we're like, well, I guess we're done with this. It didn't really work out. And I think that um, the more you do those things, the more you're like, I gave it a shot and it just wasn't for me. And I'm going to move on, try something different. So I think that's the encouragement part for all of you out there is whatever your word is. Think about that word. And um, if it happens to be something like brave or courage, something like that, or like mine, up or elevate, have the courage to do that. Ulevate. Ulevate. (laughs) Any of you can use it. Just tag me in it. (laughs) I think that was great. (laughs) That was on the fly, too. It's kind of the way my brain works. It's amazing. I'm not proud of it. All right, final question. Question number five. What one thing do you want to be different or change for the new year? This is so broad and so profound. I mean, it can go anywhere from... Um, I want to move more. I want to exercise more. I want to try for a new position. I want to be a better mom, a better dad, whatever it is. I mean, gosh, whole range. I guess you can list as many as you want. Well, those of you who have listened to several of our podcasts will recall one a few weeks ago that was about habits. And I would say that for 2021, there's some habits I want to improve upon. And one thing about the pandemic experience, and especially for me that I work from home, you know, I'm home every day. So the routine of every day, every day is pretty kind of pretty similar. And so some of my unhealthy routines have kind of set in a little bit that I need to break. And and one relates to diet, one relates to, you know, alcohol consumption, trying to cut back on that. 
and then getting back into exercising more because that definitely fell by the wayside. And then for, I just formed bad habits during this pandemic that I want to get out of. So yours is health, for sure. Definitely health. And I'm your accountability buddy. <sighs> I'm tough too. I'm uh, tough on my people. <laughs> great, I put it out there now. <laughs> Dang it. But it is one thing that's really important is having someone to be accountable to. Because yeah. sometimes having it just be yourself sometimes just isn't enough and sometimes you need that extra push if dave puts it out there and he wants me to say something i usually don't you know like if he you know had something that wasn't the healthiest and he does the same to me if i have you know there's lots of treats around the holidays and such i um, never say anything to you about you having never, a treat you never say it to me <laughs> like honey you sure you want to have that uh, that cookie huh mm-hmm. right no he doesn't he's really good about <laughs> w- it actually i wouldn't dare no but uh, because I'll come up with five excuses why I should have the cookie, <laughs> <laughs> like everything under the sun. But no, for him, uh, if he puts it out there, you don't want to constantly say negative things to somebody about something. But if they ask for your help, of course, like that's awesome. You want to you want to help them get along. Yep. Mine is more to do with routine. I want to get back to a routine. One thing that happens during the pandemic and in the holidays, the last few weeks, and my work schedule has been completely different the last few months, and it's going to change again in the new year. And so with all those things, you're, you kind of get off balance. And some days, you, I don't even know what day it is. I don't know, you know what numbered day it is. And it's so hard to tell sometimes in these weird moments. And so mine is all about routine. I want to get back into the routine about I'm going to spend this much time here. I'm going to spend this much time here. This is when it happens. And um, hopefully everything will kind of fall into order that way. So reclaiming some intention around your schedule and how you yes. use your time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's been kind of chaotic. Yes. Yeah. Even though we didn't travel for the holidays, for some reason, it all still feels different. <laughs> Well, it's so strange because now you don't have a system or a routine during the day. You have several days off in a row and you're not traveling and you're just here. And so we were like, okay, we have to get outside. Let's do that. When are we going to do that? I don't know, like an hour. You just don't have that routine. Typically, you'd have this particular moment of time. If CC was in school, it would be during lunch hour or if you know, you're working or whatever it is. It's it's just very different. And so routine matters to me. Yeah, it's like it's almost too open-ended. Right. Know? So as we reflect back on 2020, looking forward to 2021, uh, like we said earlier, these were questions that we talked over at dinner time uh, in the last week, and we found it pretty interesting to help us reflect on how we felt about this year and, and what kind of mindset we want to have going into next year. And this is our last podcast of the year. It is hard to believe, but we want to thank you all for listening and for joining us in this journey. We look so forward to spending more time with you next year. We plan on coming back at the same time on Tuesday mornings. So with that, have a healthy, happy, successful new year. Mm -hmm.